0: Hey friends, I'm Adrian File,
1: And I'm John File.
0: Welcome to the Love the Process podcast.
1: We've been married 15 years, 14 good ones, and we have four awesome kids.
0: My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development.
1: And I've been an entrepreneur since I was four and currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and corporate training team.
0: We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, figuring out how to love the process to becoming great.
1: Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> love
0: it hey friends we're so glad you're with us we have a guest with us today and he comes from one of my favorite universities michigan state go state yeah, my go best green
1: <laughs> go uh
0: we've got benny fowler with us today thanks so much for being with us hey benny could you give us a little introduction into who you are and what you love
2: Wow. I think that's a great introduction. Number one, Uh, who I am, I'm I'm Benny Fowler, born and raised in in Detroit, Michigan, went to high school at Detroit Country Day. And then that took me to my journey to Michigan State where, you know, I started to learn who I was and learn my process. And that led me into the NFL, playing for the Broncos for four years, the New York Giants for two, and the New Orleans Saints last year. And Started this season off with the San Francisco 49ers. What do I love? I love getting better. I love improving as a person. I love meeting other people. I love trying to live and be the best version of myself, which is why I call my company Infinite Potential. Is that, you know, I feel like we're always trying to be that best version of ourselves in business, life, relationships. So that's what I love.
0: That's so good.
1: And you know, on that note, I'm very excited for this podcast because we really started this thing so that I could learn and grow and take a lot of notes. And, and <laughs> the folks that you, uh, you know, the, the places in space when Benny and I talked uh, a, a few weeks back, I was just uh, mesmerized by the places that you've been able to be to learn um, so many different things from so many different who are great in their craft and, and so I'm excited to pick your brain and, and here, 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 so infinite potential, is that what we call it? Yeah.
2: yeah. Infinite potential.
1: Okay. 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 So how can they find that? Usually I wait till the end, but I already know.
2: Yeah, how. they can, they can find it on, on LinkedIn or they can just reach out to me on LinkedIn and, okay. and, and learn a little bit more about me and have a conversation with me one-on-one. Awesome.
1: Awesome. And you, you coach people one-on-one and you coach co- companies and teams alike, right? And key Yeah, up- I, I'm
2: working with entrepreneurs, small business owners, usually one-on-one people who are trying to grow their business from their leadership standpoint, mindset standpoint. Also do some leadership development within companies and how do they bring the best version of themselves to this team and this organization in terms of where they want to go. And also do some keynote speaking and you know try to in- inspire people and empower people through the stories that I've learned throughout my life and the people that I've been around and the teams that I've been on and how can I empower them with the lessons that I've learned and how does it apply to their life where they can actually go out and you know make things or practice these things in real time in real life and
1: you're you're right now in Denver right
2: yep Colorado yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. and you started your career in Denver Mm -hmm. and uh, I've had the chance to uh to tour that stadium we were playing a high school football game in Denver against Legacy High School And I I remember getting into John Elway's office and there's like nothing in there. Have you been in there? I mean, it's like, it's like nothing. It's like the most simple office I've ever seen. And I thought, but they got the 50. You tell us about Super Bowl 50 a little bit. They got 50 everywhere in that stadium. We played, we were there uh, four years ago, I want to say, three or four years ago. Broomfield, uh, which has got to be close to Denver, right? Is that
2: sound? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we took the
1: Bothell Cougars over there. If you haven't heard of the Bothell Cougars, about time you did. (laughs) So yeah, 75 strong. There's like four kids on that team that never had flown. It was neat. You know, went to Benihana's. We got to get the tour of the the stadium. And then we we went to Air Force was was close by. So we got the tour of, of the Air Force Academy. But tell us about your experience. It's Super Bowl 50. I mean, it's not every day I get a Super Bowl champion. On the podcast. This is like a dream come true, actually.
2: Well, yeah, you can see the trophy in, in the in the background. But you know, Super so Bowl 50 was one of the most incredible moments in my life and in my career. It was my second year in the NFL. So if I take you back to what I really remember about that game, fourth quarter, little under three minutes to go. We're up 12. We just scored a touchdown. We're now up 12. And we decide to go for two. To go up 14 and put the game completely out of reach, and Peyton's the quarterback, and he calls the play, and he tells me in the huddle, like, "Hey, you know, I'm coming to you. You know, we got the right coverage. We're gonna get the right coverage, and I'm I'm coming to you." So, you know, we line up for the play, and I feel like the entire stadium could see my my heart thumping through my my shoulder pads because this I was so excited. This is like a moment I can actually catch the ball in in the Super Bowl and the ball's hiked and I go towards a defender. I act like I'm breaking right and then I break left and then I see the ball in there. It's like it's an infant baby is being thrown towards me and I'm sure as hell better catch this. And I catch it, I I, I roll over and I do the Billy White shoe Johnson dance. You know, I put my my, my arms up in the air and I got my legs going and it's like, wow, I've really caught a pass in the Super Bowl. Not just a pass for yards, but a pass for points. The only pass for points that day right it was just one of the most incredible moments and it ends up being the final pass of peyton manning's legendary hall of fame career you know nationwide's on your side the drive from a couple out from the gun Manning hits the pass to fowler to make it 24 to 10. that's
1: awesome (laughs) i've seen that i've seen that play and, and uh you know uh, that season. Um, you know the the Seattle Seahawks, the, the team you guys were playing uh, North was was Carolina, right? In yeah, front, we played
2: Carolina. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and, and Carolina went through the Hawks, and, yeah. and in, uh, in 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 Bank of America Stadium, and and I was there, and uh, I was sure glad to see somebody beat those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean we were down thirty-one nothing at halftime. And I was actually trying to ask the Lord what I'd done to be in this place at time to, to experience such a stinking, brutal turn of events. Because that's the flip side of Super Bowl, you know, two years ago when the Seahawks, because you weren't there yet, right? When Super Bowl 48, you weren't there yet, right?
2: No, I wasn't there. See? So
1: there you go. We put we put me at the game and, and we put you in Michigan State and shoot, the Seahawks can get one done. So, so that, <laughs> That moment. Uh, what were some of the the preparation? So we talk about preparation a lot when we talk about love of the process. Talk about and you and I uh, just a second ago we we're talking about this growth, this infinite possibilities, this ability to continue to grow in our understanding. And so, what were some of the preparation things you remember leading up to that that play and 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 the film study even and knowing that you know where to be and 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 the route you ran and all that stuff.
2: that was a year's worth of of work i think you know what people see you know when they see the team win the super bowl they see you know we won the we won the super bowl on february 7th but we started that process back in april 20th when we started organized team activities otas so i think that's where the process began that's where you're kind of laying the foundation that's kind of what i do with you know if i'm working with somebody in terms of their business or their mindset or leadership style what's the foundation you start laying the foundation and then you go out there and you practice that then you have training camp which leads to figuring out who your team is going to be and putting yourself in tough situations training camp is super tough you know yeah. you're, you're, you're laying the foundation in terms of your playbook but you're understanding the people around you different situations so you're putting yourself in that in those situations too what ultimately lead to a super bowl victory but you have to kind of go through that training camp style and then you go through the season and, you know, an NFL season is you have Wednesdays. Wednesdays are our Mondays, and you have Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. That leads up to Sunday. So we have a process on in terms of Wednesdays, you're working on first and second down. Thursdays, you're working on third down, a little bit of red zone. Friday is a combination of first, second, third down, a little bit of red zone. Saturday, you're walking through everything. Sunday, you try to go out there and win. Monday, you get the feedback. You see how you did. What do we do well? What can we do better? And what are we gonna do about it? <clears throat> Tuesday's a day off, because I feel like we all need recovery. We need to relax and recharge our batteries. And then Wednesday, you repeat that process. Right. But I think that process ultimately comes down to clarity. In business, and leadership, you need to be clear on what you need to do. In sports, it's very clear. What the standard is, what you're trying to achieve. You're trying to win a championship. How do you get to that? You have to make the playoffs. You have to win your division, and then you have to win every week. But you have to take it one week at a time. You can't. One of the best things I learned from Gary Kubiak in the year we did win the Super Bowl is we got off to a hot start. But he kind of reined us in. He said, "You know, you can't win. We can't win a Super Bowl this Sunday. We have to take care. We have to just try to go one and zero each week." So, I think that's the process that people have to get in in business and life. You know, what are you can't achieve 10 goals in quarter one or quarter four, three goals. Then, what are your weekly goals? And then, what are your three daily goals? So, I think that's important. What are your keys to victory?
1: That's awesome. Chapter 10, I love the process, which is going to come out uh, in the spring at the latest next year. Chapter 10 is B1 and O. And and our head football coach, Tom Boehner, who's been there at Bothell for 20 years, he orchestrated that first trip ever of a North Shore School District team flying to Colorado. He uh, All his kids wear 10. And uh, that idea that you just talked about, that being one and O, isn't that uh, an unbelievable concept when you can translate what I love about football, I never, my aunt and uncle wouldn't let me play organized football. I, I fell out of a car when I was four at 40 miles an hour. I was worn of the court. I had a lot of stuff out. I played every other sport they'd let me. But, you know, we played football on the grass. But I never played organized football. But I love football, and I've coached it now at the high school level as a, as a character coach and work with kickers and cues. And you and I were talking a little bit about, about the quarterback mindset, um, but skill players too, like this. This idea of what it takes to master um, the the physic in the physical realm, starting in the mind and the visualization of what you need to do. And I love that you mentioned Benny April twentieth. By the way, that was my grandma's birthday, and <laughs> she's shining down, she's she's looking down on us somewhere and she's smiling because not every not every that's a special thing to remember. Not everybody on that team, that fifty three person team, I promise you, remembers that that day as OTA starting. Maybe they do Uh, because you guys were that well coached, but a lot of, but just the memorization of that day uh, and knowing when the process began is is a powerful concept uh, to the preparation that caused that day where you, you know, I saw that, I've seen that catch a couple, few times and I was there watching it and I was excited in my living room, um, but you were there. And so when we talk about being one and i I'd be curious, you know, what you've seen in terms of some of the best players of preparation that you've come across. I don't, I'm not worried. I like to study success uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to things that don't work. Like, what are some of the best folks you've come across that have taught you that mindset? Because every kid doesn't come out of Detroit going, I'll be one to no.
2: I think sports teaches you that. But I think really who laid the foundation for me. On a day-to-day basis, with my parents, my mom and my dad, they helped me understand the importance of one and know going one and know. And their their game days were different. You know, my mom was a lawyer, so it'd be you know doing real estate law, you know, getting things to closing. Or my dad being a vice president at Ford, you know, what are they trying to do? What are they how you know how many cars are they producing? What does it look like on a day in and day out basis? So I think they really laid the foundation in terms of how important it is to understand the process and the growth that you have to have over time. The best leaders that I've seen in sports and I've played with some of the best quarterbacks and I've been around some of the best coaches of all time, starting with Peyton, playing with Peyton for two years. I was able to play, play with Tom Brady for a week. Um, they end up making a trade for another receiver. And then I played with Eli for two years and then Drew Brees. They all prepared differently, but it was always attention to detail in terms of what are we trying to achieve? And, and you know what are, what are the goals this week? and really getting clear on how are we gonna beat this team or how are we going to succeed here? The best coach is the same way. I think in organizations, I think there's a lot of overwhelm and burnout because things are not clear on in terms of where we're going or where the organization is kind of headed. I've even had the same problems in my own business first starting out as an entrepreneur. You wanna do a whole bunch of different things. You're not clear on just one thing. And I think that's one of the things that I've had to learn and get clear on is, You know, what are the three goals that I talked about earlier? Right. But when it comes to preparation, I mean, Peyton was so prepared. I think he was so prepared that to the fact that if you were the third quarterback on the team with him, you had the job of every Monday watching the TV copy of the game to see what signals or code words were picked up on the television copy, writing those down. And then you have, so we have to change them throughout the week. So Peyton was big in terms of no huddle and signals. So if you caught one of our signals on the TV copy or one of the code words for one of our plays, he that's how prepared he was. He would change that up or he would you know, call it a bozo signal and we would use that same thing, catch a defense off guard and then score because they're thinking one thing. So Peyton was prepared. When I think about Eli and his preparation, same way in terms of, hey, we're going to get this look. This is where we can get the defense but you know, you pull into the New York Giants parking lot when Eli Manning was playing there. His car's always parked in the same spot because he's always there. Right. And he's always, you know, he's leading by example. So if he asks you to do anything, you know, you have no problem doing it because he's setting that example. Drew breathes. Playing with him last year, I've never seen anything like it. You know, those Saturday walkthroughs. We walk through, we have like a little mock game situation. So the rest of the team leaves and Drew is the only one in the indoor facility he starts at the one yard line and he goes to the opposite one yard line he goes through the entire play script for the game the next day he has it memorized wow that's yeah. how incredible that's type of preparation it's like when you see drew play you see how accurate he is he doesn't leave they leave no stones unturned so do you think if drew was
1: 6'2 he would have that level of prep And you know i
2: you never know you never do you never right? know but you never i mean know. that's that's kind of who he is though yeah. that's when you're when you're that small of a quarterback um you have to have that level of timing and anticipation so i think that's just something that you know he kind of had
1: yeah and, and i think that that's such a fun uh idea though that regardless of what hand you're dealt if you put in a preparation level of detail with with the hand that you you have you can compete at such at the level that he did for so long too i mean um I love the, uh, I love the way you describe the week. I think so many people, they, they watch football on Sunday mm-hmm. and the more and more I've caught the coach, the more and more it's hard to watch bad football, right? It's hard to watch, like, what, what, what is he doing there? You can watch, you know, when you watch film and, you know, get the huddle and, and run it back and, and look at, look at, we had tell the truth Monday we do in Bothell as well, you know, at the high school level. And, um, and it, it's all the way up. But this, now I'm, I am I got to confess, Benny, I'm coaching a U10 girl soccer.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I've broken down a little, a little film of, <laughs> of nine-year-old soccer. And uh, I, I took this gig, I think after we spoke last time, we were driving North and uh, a second email comes through and we're coming from PLU and second email comes through and we need a coach or else we're not going to play. My daughter's in the car and she hears it. And so um, we've lost one game and, uh, you know, I, I, I woke up twice in the middle of that night thinking that's on our staff, you know, like we, <laughs> we, you know, and so, but that, that ownership, right. That level of ownership, who was your heroes growing? I mean, the, when I think wide receiver, I don't know about you, when I think wide receiver, I think Jerry Rice, I had Jerry Rice's rookie card. I used to love watching Jerry, And, and the San Francisco 49ers play football and, and he, he has like 50 more, I think touchdowns than anybody like Jerry, the stories about him are like what you're talking about with Eli. He was always the first there and he's always the last to leave, et cetera, et cetera. He would be, you know, on his own, practicing his craft when nobody's looking all the time. Like, but that would have been mine. Who about you? What
2: were your heroes? I mean, my heroes in terms of, you know, my life, you know, definitely my mom and dad, my brother, my brother, even though I'm the oldest of four, my brother is one of my heroes. My brother his ACL three times before he even graduated high school and was still able to, uh, you know, go on to Central Michigan, become a a three-time captain, help them lead them to a a MAC championship, and then also play, you know, professional basketball overseas. (laughs) Yeah, so... No, my brother is my hero, and that's why. He yeah, went to Central
1: Michigan, your brother?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's why I dedicated my my book, too. So I would say my brother is my hero. In terms of professional sports, it would be Kobe Bryant, in terms of the way he attacked things. You know, if, if you felt like he never feared anything, even though he might be nervous, he was always going to go for it. And I think that's something that I'm always trying to do, is put myself in uncomfortable uncomfort- situations and just try to explore. So I think that's really important when it comes to professional athletes you know you know professional athletes what they tell you they tell you something about yourself and you know who you want to be and who you are and the values that you have within you so yeah Kobe Bryant definitely favorite favorite athlete professional athlete of all time That's awesome Yeah that is so Okay so
0: one thing we talk about <laughs> my turn <laughs> Okay so one thing we talk about we've been talking about the process right and you're talking about this process but one thing that we've seen is that if someone is focused too much on the outcome, that once the outcome comes and goes, there can be sort of a moment of like depression or letdown. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about professional football, winning the Super Bowl is kind of the ultimate outcome. So what happens after what happens the next day?
2: Yeah, that's good. Just go to the parade. <laughs> you go to the parade, you enjoy you. It's kind of a surreal moment. Um, I think it's yeah, you 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 do have to be somewhat outcome focused, and then you know, because that's what you're you're going after, but it's also who you become. And I think sometimes people get, you know, don't forget that you know who you're becoming, who this team is becoming, is super important. And I I wear you know a wristband every single day on both my wrists. The prize is in the journey. You know, you get to the mountaintop, but it's who you became. It's the team who you became, and the stories that will will last for forever. So, you know, after the Super Bowl, you you enjoy it though. You come back and there's, yeah, champagne on the, on the plane and you're passing around the Super Bowl trophy because of all the things that you've had to go through throughout that year. But I think it's a reflection point after winning it. And, And it's a reflection point, you know, when you go to the White House and you get to go through the White House, like we did all this for, you know, these great things and these experiences. I think when you're going out there, you're setting goals as a company, as a person, it's, you know, it's about the experiences. It's about what you're experiencing on that journey to that mountaintop, um, but understanding that, you know, once you once you achieve that mountaintop, there is more. And I think there's a lot of science behind that in terms of, you know, you're gonna be happy with the outcome and then your, your brain, you know, our brains are goal-seeking organisms. So you're gonna want the next thing and, you know, making sure you understand, you know, the values that you're honoring when you are on the pursuit of the next thing will always keep you fulfilled and keep you on the right track. But if, you know, if you don't have your values aligned You'll feel some emptiness in terms of that depression that you talked about, because it doesn't align with your values or who you are, who you want to be. So, Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that people have to understand: is okay, like I'm achieving all these things. Well, yeah, but do they align with who you want, who you are, your family? You want to be? Where is that that balance that we're we're talking about?
1: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. uh, What you do next? So, the you know, in in the high school football setting, the, the worst, the second worst day is gear handout day. The worst, the worst day is gear collection day right the season is over and so we have a cadence every year we've had a cadence of we collect the gear and then we lock the door and we realize those seniors are gone and we got these juniors coming to seniors and we we set a, a preliminary depth chart based on who we got and it's a cadence that we've done for many many years uh and i remember we we've only won a state title. we're not the kids that come in Bothell are great kids. Um, we, we, I don't think anybody in across the state would suggest that any team has coached any, maybe better than our staff at Bothell and Tom, uh, coaches them, but we had, when you get great kids, you get a chance to play for state titles. And so we, we won it in 2014 and that would be my first year there. Um, and we celebrated for a while and it got us behind uh to the next to the next season you know um Emmett Smith I think it was a the guy who they won three in a row at doubt and we for the only time in 20 years we missed the playoffs the next year we went five and four and we missed the playoffs and I'm talking the previous 20 years before the banner era if you will we were like one and we didn't win any games I mean we were not so leadership being everything, but Emmett, I remember there's that that like when he talks about they they really had this what's next mindset. So I just wonder where the balance is. You, I, I we agree celebrate wins. We talk about that a lot. Suffer losses, right? Take the pain, figure it out. Tell the truth, you know. Monday, like let it hurt to lose, so that you can really let the learning sink in. Um, but I'm curious, and you know, and yeah, in, when you guys won that Super Bowl the next year, I don't know what happened. I actually didn't look it up, but I'd be curious to know what happened.
2: The Broncos haven't been back to the playoffs since.
1: So, there, they, so so um, yeah, so the, uh, there's an, I mean, you know, and uh, Phil Jackson, right? So you talked about Kobe. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. i be curious to know, uh, you know, he wrote a book, there's a couple books on Phil that I've read. One's called Sacred Hoops, the other one's called Eleven Rings. And Kobe, um Phil got ran out of town in the Kobe era, and I don't I don't know all the circumstances. But then then they they had a couple of decent seasons in Kobe, and then Phil came back, and then they they got they won some more, and um, I think that that is a, a fine line. Like, how do you hold the standard of performance through success, right? Like, how you know, and that's that's leadership. That's not an individual player level typically. It's a whole culture of things and now you're getting the money you get the, the signings and the all this stuff starts happening i know in seattle that was the case right we had now it's paid you know and uh you know you're hungry like starving hungry to succeed and achieve that thing so i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that i mean obviously the outcome we know i guess i didn't realize denver hadn't made the playoffs since but if you have seen different places and spaces both in your high school professional career but also in business when a company achieves a big target,
2: yeah, I think what is the standard? But I think one of the things, especially in football is you know you talked about handing the gear in and the seniors are leaving. that's that's leadership, but that's leadership at certain positions. And if I think about you know football is one of the hardest games in terms of repeating success. You need offense defense and special teams to be playing well to win a championship. Totally. So the Broncos haven't been back to the playoffs since, but you lose a Peyton Manning, you lose a lot. So you have New England and their success. You have a great coach, but then you also have Tom Brady. It works. You have Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. It works. Kobe Bryant. Right. And Phil Jackson. It works. So I think there's, you know, in sports in sp- in football, high school sports, yeah, you might have that star player, you guys won that state championship so early on, but you lost a lot of uh, leaders, you That's probably lost you, lost you lost, some really yeah. good players and there is no substitute for experience. So that other team that went five and four had they had to go through that if I think about Michigan State, we went, we went 11 and two won the Big Ten championship, then we won the legends division championship we want to share the Big Ten title, and then we went seven and six the year I my first year of starting and I struggled as a starter. The quarterback struggled as a starter we went seven and six we lost five games by a combined 13 points right we lose two people to the pros and we go 13 and one the next year win the rose bowl and win the big 10 championship we're the only big 10 team in history to win every game by 10 or more so you have to go through those ups and downs That's just like it's a part of life and it's a part of understanding organizations is that they're how do you handle the ebbs and flows they're I think one of the things where organizations or companies or people, entrepreneurs, or people in relationships, they think it's supposed to be perfect. I've had this thing of perfectionism in terms of playing, but also in my business or in life that things are supposed to go perfect. And that's where people run into trouble. They act like there's no failure or you're not supposed to experience any failure. We're not supposed to lose. We're supposed to win again. It doesn't really work like that. Depends on what the foundation is, but there's so many, over, so many pieces that are turning over How do you make it easy? You know, sometimes that's on coaching and that's sometimes that's on the players. I think it's a it's a cohesive thing, but you have to go through some of those losses. You have to have some of those bad seasons.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I think right, I mean, I think right now, yeah. I think right now it makes it does make it harder to go through losses in public because everything is public.
2: It's gonna
0: be everywhere anytime you fail. And I think it does make it a little bit higher bar to say, oh, it's gotta be pretty perfect or else everyone's gonna be
2: blasting me over it yeah i mean it depends on which who your coach is and how you look at certain things i think that's when i when i walk into the new england patriots facility they have four things that are said on the way in and four things on the way out that you have to know or memorize and understand i don't necessarily remember that remember them but it was like it was eight things that are within your control like don't believe the hype don't let the noise influence you take care of your body you know, it was real simple things. So I think go. when people talk about that, yeah, I think when people talk about that performance or, you know, everything's on notice, you control how much you consume. So if you're patting yourself or you're always looking for your pats on the back, then, you know, be ready for when people come at you. So I think having that balance in terms of, are you reading your own press clippings?
1: Yeah. that's good. Oh, and I'm telling you, Benny, I've talked, you've talked to a lot of people too, and leaders, et cetera, at Michigan state and some of the, the biggest names or whatever. Like, I mean this, like, you might be my favorite. <laughs> I mean, that. I, I, you can go back and listen to 50 episodes. It's not like Ed Milette, where every guest is his favorite. And, and I mean, I'm, I mean, he says that every time, time. <laughs> this is my favorite guest, it's, <laughs> this might be my favorite podcast. Like, like your, your, um, organic ability to like source the truth in situations and 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 teach it out is as good as I've ever come across. And and it's I, I just hope whatever wherever you go, I'm really rooting for you. Uh not because, not because you're a Michigan state grad, although that <laughs> that sure helps because if you were if you were a Michigan grad, you know I I met Jim actually uh like six eight, eight weeks ago or something at a camp. And, you know, so they're all blaming me for, you know, giving them a nice, you know, some good energy and whatnot. But, you know, <laughs> I'll be for you. Maybe we'll come to the game, man. Uh, when does Michigan play Michigan State this year?
2: Two weeks, October
1: 30th. October 30th, we would be back. We'd be back in town. We'd be back from Africa on the 28th. But so when you practically teach this, so the the truth I think you've laid out so clearly in so many different spots here when you're working with a, a player or there's coaches, there's people that are out there going, my kid or my wife or my husband or me, you know, and mm-hmm. hopefully I'd rather those ones. I had an eight <laughs> had an eighth grader one time ping me uh, and, and on a Friday at night and his name's Jonathan. And he said, and we had this episode called 1440 talking about time management. He goes, I got a question for you. And I'm like, how old are you? He goes, 14. I'm like, Jonathan, first of all, you're listening to our podcast and you're 14 years old, you're gonna be doing a lot of things. That's awesome. He goes, I think I might be playing too much Fortnite, you know. And I'm like, Well, you probably are. <laughs> if you think that, Jonathan, you probably are. He goes, Thanks so much for you my call. But so I really like it when people are taking it in on themselves. If you listen to this podcast, you're like, Oh, my brother, this person could use this, and they'll share it and all that. But if you're coaching somebody that's listening to this call, who who can resonate with things you said, where's the starting point to clarity? Because what you're talking about, clarity transfers to certainty, and certainty is formidable. It's mm. a very powerful place to come from. And so, but where do you, where does somebody start? They're like, "Oh, Benny, he's clear. John, yeah, he yeah, it's good energy. He seems like he's clear." Well, Adrian, like, and and we're not all the time either, and you know mm-hmm. that. 100% where, where would you where would you start
2: yeah it really just depends like if I'm working with somebody I want to I want to talk to the people around you you have a perception of what you think you need to work on but the people around you probably know exactly where you know where you're falling short a little bit and you know especially you know your spouse or you know kids you know like you know you can really work on it you know leadership or executive presence but I think feedback is Asking people close to you, hey, where do you see my room for growth? Instead of like trying to, you know, come up with your own professional development plan or own leadership plan, or even as an athlete, you can think you need to work on something, but your coach knows what's going to make you successful. I think about Sean Payton last year playing with him. You know, one of the things I'll never forget, he pulled me aside in training camp, you know, it's hot, it's muggy, and you know I'm like a little out of breath. And he said, hey, come here. Like, Look, you've been a B-plus special teams player in your career so far. I need you to be an A-plus special, special teams player for you to make this team, and I'll try to get you in on offense, try to get you five to 10 plays. You need that type of honesty and transparency right. in terms of being good, in terms of being a, a good player. So I think if I'm talking to a leader, if I'm talking to any, an entrepreneur, what do you really want to achieve? But then who 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 are the people around you that can give you a different lens? And let me ask you, I love asking people questions in terms of why they want to achieve what they want to achieve. What are the biggest obstacles? How do you over plan? How do you plan to overcome those, those things? But, you know, it really just depends on what they're trying to achieve, getting clear on what they're trying to achieve and what are those obstacles in the way, and then stepping into that place of fear or uncomfortable being uncomfortable that's the first thing you have to do is you know kind of make yourself uncomfortable if I think about fear situations or playing small you want to play bigger in certain situations well how what's the the smallest step that you can take today towards that if it's public speaking what's the smallest thing you can do we can start by practicing a speech or you can start by joining a Toastmasters you don't have to just go out here and and book a whole bunch of speeches and then but what's the smallest thing that you can do to get, to gain the momentum. Mm. So I think that's one of the things that I like to, to share with people is you know, people, everybody's always trying to go for the Hail Mary instead of the two yard run, the three yard run.
1: Hey, you know what? And I, I'm a self-proclaimed quarterback's coach, uh, assistant <laughs> at Bothell. And, uh, and I, so our our head coach has missed three practices in like 20 years. And uh, his dad was in the hospital and, and passing away uh, two seasons ago. And, um, and so five sayings he always has. And I just used them the whole day. I said, I'm the quarterback's coach today. Tom's <laughs> Tom's on the bench or on the shelf. I'm in. And so I wanted but one of those five is take what they give you and they'll give you the game. Listen, kid, take what they'll give you and they'll give you the game. The other one, stick it on them, you know. And then it's like yeah. go through your reads. And the kid's like, I'm like, your read. Go through them, you know? So but 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 take what they give you and they'll give you the game. What an interesting concept though. I think when we talk about loving the process, we talk about where to start. Um, That's what I go to is that idea of like, you know, that. and and we've had that that cue with a rocket arm, you know, and you've seen you know, wants to make the big throw, you know, wants the big accolades, but does that start also from um, like, like the pressures, like you said, like who's around you, like who's your ecosystem? And it's New England sounds like they manage that really pretty well. I know they do in Alabama pretty well. Uh, They've got like a guy who's a social media guy. Like that's Mm it. He monitors their social media. And if if they say something dumb, like we gonna whoop Mississippi State's ass or something like that, they Mm -hmm. quickly are corrected, right? And it's, Mm -hmm. it's competing in spaces where nobody knows you're competing, right? But like, so what would you say about how to, how to alleviate the noise? I mean, you talk about how many, much. there's so much noise right now. Adrian talked about it. it's always public, but it doesn't it matter if my mom and dad are my heroes and they're going to love me when I get home. Because there's a lot of kids who don't have a mom and dad, Benny, and, mm. and, and that are going to be for them when they get home. And so their coaches become their family a lot of times if we're talking football and in business i just was on a coaching call with a team of 11 people earlier today and and like we did this thing called squad goals where you're just looking around like who is in my world and what do they bring to the table so we can get clear on like who's in my environment and like three of them were like it's all work it's all people in their company like i don't have friend like this is my opportunity this is my spot right so um what do you say to like just the general um yeah, the person who doesn't have like they they come home and they get the positive feedback and mom and dad they they love them no matter what. Um uh, in terms of their ability to not partake to the noise. Cause I think that's when we see the guys make trying to make something out of nothing or try to do something to be special or to be more than they are. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Um I think, I think, <laughs> I think when it comes to people at work who are looking for that positive reinforcement, I I would say that it's not going to mean as much because it should be coming from yourself anyway. Self-love is the first love. You know, you should appreciate what you're doing anyway. I think, you know, we're always looking for that pat on the back and it never really means as much when you're like, Oh yeah, you did a good job there. And you're like, all right, cool. That's what I do. Yeah. It's, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. So You know, for for people who are trying to make those big plays or trying to do great things, I think just I love that. I love people who are trying to do something special, but it's also always having that 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 balance of you know, you know take what they give you. Yeah, one by the time. Know? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a it's a balance, but you you have to go for you know the deep shots, but then you also have to run the ball. So I think you know that is how I would kind of you know talk about that or talk to someone about that when it comes to people who are have everything it's all work all work and they only have friends at work they i would encourage them to go outside of work build a network build relationships build friendships because i mean the relationship capital is the most important capital you can have and Mm. the way people move up in companies the way people You know i've been able to be signed by a couple different teams, and that is from who I was as a person, and if I think about. You know things that i've shared on this call today and on this podcast i've talked a lot about people that i've played with. i've only talked about one play though i've talked about who these these men and women were as people, and I think that is what's going to be. And I think that's what people need to understand in terms of being in business. Or you know, what do you want your coworkers to say about you when you leave this building? Or what do you want your teammates to say about you? What do you want your spouse to say about you? You know, when their their spouse or their their friends are complaining about their spouses. So,
1: but that's always a constant pressure. So money,
2: Uh,
1: you said, relationship capital is the most important capital you have. Like that is like gold. It's true. (laughs) It's the truth. But very. It's amazing how many listeners would hear that and they go, what? Like relationship capital is the most important capital you have. The prize is in the journey. Like these these concepts that you have codified and made clear is not, again, it's not common. Like this is uncommon thinking to what's happening outside of this call for better or for worse. That's just the reality. Like we are a product. We started, our thing is unnecessary human suffering. That's the problem that I saw. I was two weeks in a row. And as my last year of coaching high school football, I saw a kid die of a fentanyl overdose and we we're going to play against them. And then a kid committed suicide and we played against that team. We had moments of silence in high school football two weeks in a row for for deaths of high school kids who had put too much pressure on themselves, that they had to take a, a drug, which happened to have fentanyl, which ended their life. Uh, Oxycotin thought he was getting, I think, but he had too much fentanyl and it ended their life in a very high, you know, income community. It wasn't lack of resources. And and then and then we saw a kid, his girlfriend broke up with him. And something else didn't go his way. And he hung himself. Like, so I'm curious to hear, like when you hear that idea around the importance of what you're teaching everywhere you go, I believe you're making those realities better. Mm -hmm. That's why you're here. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I believe. Like you're making those, that anxiety and depression and suicide and probably divorce and probably quitting before they right before they got there like you're making that better and so I just encourage you and affirm what you're doing Mm -hmm. and and I'm I'm curious if you have any uh, like those truths that you're saying um I want to get a wristband like I'm going to get one I'm going to get the prizes in the journey it's probably green yeah it's from
2: my yeah it's from my uh one of my teammates who passed away, right after we won the Super Bowl, he was actually, I just saw him a couple of weeks before, died in a car crash. Um, so I'm on the board of his his foundation, really close with his mom. Um, so, you know, that was the saying of, of of the foundation, the prize in the journey. So um, yeah, when I think about, you know, moments like that, those high school moments, those tough situations, that's why I talk about relationship capital, psychological safety, can people voice themselves? Can can people voice their opinions without being made fun of? How are you as a coach or how are you as a teacher or somebody in, a, in, a, in an organization or a relationship? Like, how are you having these conversations? But I think it also comes down to this perfectionism or this perfect life that we see on social media and how things are supposed to be that make us have these highs and lows. Like, oh man, I got, I don't see, they don't see the brighter future they're not looking at the five to ten years or like where you're going to be or they don't have people to have those conversations with i think the conversations are important and i think about you know coaches teachers they can make or break a kid right especially in those tough times and those situations are you how are, are you ignoring it or are you are you having those conversations and you
1: see this at the highest level so our last guest uh the former navy seal and and he does a four-hour like deal with c-level executives where they can air out anything right in a in a confidence in a place where they can talk about it but we just saw yesterday real time right and and i love what charles is doing if you get a chance to listen it's, it's awesome but but these venues so what i'm thinking about is like how do we create spaces right i'm entrepreneur in my thinking there's a problem how do we solve it the problem is no safe place to share what's going on I feel like if I fail publicly, I am worthless as a person and no longer should be living or whatever, right? So how do what we... What am
0: I outside of sports?
1: Right. So how do we create those spaces, right? On places for uh, people to to feel safe and so that they could share their authentic what's going on in places that nobody likes to talk about at parties, right? Mm. Like like what's really going on with Benny, what's really going on with John, what's really going on with Adrian, Right. <laughs>
2: I think, I think it's interesting what you're saying in terms of you know how do we create this and the, your entrepreneurial mindset. How do we create these things? They're already out there. People have to just reach out to people. And I think, yeah, if you want to go to the pros, there are certain things you have to do. You have to put, you have to reach out to a trainer. You have to go outside. You have to find a massage therapist. If you want to share these things, you have the friends and you have the opportunity. I don't hold anything back in terms of sharing things with my friends right if i feel like you know in the right time and place right or sharing things with my family right it's also a want to i think mental health is a very important thing but i also think there's a lot of personal responsibility that people aren't doing right i can't just claim mental health and then not try to meditate or not try to find solutions for it right so i think people also need to take the to take the personal responsibility in terms of I mean, Google is right there, right? YouTube, LinkedIn is right there. LinkedIn yeah. is right there.
1: Yeah. Their
2: Eventbrite is right there. There are organizations and groups and so many different things, but what's your personal responsibility in terms of wanting to get better? Mm. There's a, there I've seen, we've seen the movie over and over again in terms of athletes struggling with identity or life after football or life after sports. Why do we keep not reading the same book? It's mm. already been out there. So I would be wrong for me to complain to people, oh, the life is just isn't fair or the world isn't fair. I've already seen it happen. Right. So am I going to ignore it or am I going to actually do something about it? So I think there's a there's a balance with that too. Now, I do understand mental health situations and anxiety and depression. And there are some things that people are really going through that it's not just personal responsibility. They have things going on. But some of that stuff is personal responsibility in terms of like, who do you want to be? You want to be this person as an athlete. Now you have to be this, those same values and characteristics are going to carry you in life as well. Don't forget to lean on those. You lean on them as an athlete, lean on my, as a person as well.
1: Right. And so, but then, I mean, when I, when I say answer, I don't mean to capitalize or make money.
2: I mean, to create. Oh, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking to the listeners. No, I'm not saying you're not, but I think, you know, people need to under, understand that. I yeah. think, you know, there are organizations, people, you know, there are people in their phone book.
1: Yeah. I mean, but I think you have like, to get over I, yourself sometimes. And an share. So like even just the platform, infinite potential, to your point, anybody listen, reach out to Benny, have a conversation. Um, infinite potential. There's so many, there's so much energy um, vying for uh, the attention, right, and and in, and it's being waged in, in in all kinds of products and ideas, and and there's, I, I just think it's it's like when I was 10, I remember going through the aisle and uh, going to my uncle and going, it said, OJ's an alien? And my uncle's like, no, it's not true. And I'm like, it says it right there. It was the National Enquirer. I mean, I'm <laughs> in Fred Meyer thinking OJ's an alien for a second, and it's not true. And so like I, I just it's it's hard to, for people to decipher like where to go. And so now we default, it seems like, in a lot of times to to comfort, right? Let's take it real close, right? Look at what look at this, the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, right? Just just yesterday, you know, is is fired for mm-hmm. things that he said in and, and yet, and now I'm reading in ESPN just today. It's like, well, who else was there? Like who else was involved? like there there is um there's no, um, I guess there's not everybody gets caught up. Let's look at Penn you can look at Penn State situation. I mean, you can see these these massive falls of leadership and fails of leadership at the highest level, and we just start to go, you know, there's almost like a, oh yeah, another another leader bites the dust, right? So like that's what I mean. Solution. Like I'm curious to like you know, how do we have? How do we keep? You know, you talk about talk about the people around him, but if so, if we're you know, if if we were to do that in this scenario, and I'm not judging Gruden or anybody who fired Gruden, I'm I'm not taking a side. I'm just I'm just thinking about the massive um, inability uh, so often for for people, whether they're at the highest of the game. Or at the street level. Cause I can go down to Seattle right now. And personal responsibility, to your point. I mean, Seattle right now is is not the way it was 20 years ago. And so we've got a generational issue, it seems to me, too. And so, like, what who will step up and and lead? I remember when I was a kid, I said one day a African's gonna get elected president. You watch, right? My dad's African-American, my mom's white, Africa. That's what I said. I'm from Africa. <laughs> and so you better believe. When Barack Hussein Obama was running for president saying, yes, we can. I'm like, yes, we can, right? But I was inspired, right? And so what is what can, what can people look to be inspired?
2: Sorry about that. Yeah. No problem. Um, I think people just, I think when we're looking at in, in being inspired, when we're looking at people, when we're looking at things, I think people just have to take care of themselves first, right? And you know, some people are in leadership positions or in leadership situations in terms of like leading a whole bunch of other people, and they're not taking care of themselves first. So I think it's just a, we're always constantly trying to improve. And you know, with the Gruden situation, you just, you know, it's that's just a that's a tough situation to you know see those things or hear those things, but. You know, I just, he's got to work on himself. We always have to work on ourselves. So
1: that's a really good take. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that can sit in it. Anybody who feels like they got there is either a really a fool or they're lying. Yeah.
2: Like no one of the few.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. Either they're a lion or they're a fool. I don't know which one. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, that continual, you know, that infinite possibility, that continual growth um like you, you started with is such a great way and that person that take care of me you know it's the old school I mean I don't know if any keynote speaker can get up and talk about take the mask and put it over your own mouth you know <laughs> you've heard it 10,000 times right right so, oh, a guy yesterday we were talking with and I'd be curious to hear your thought on this because I like I like ideas I, that is I do I like the United States of America as an idea the prize in the journey is an idea Right, that's an idea. Ideas have power; they they have energy. Um, and so, like, what is the idea? And I was talking to a guy on our advisory board about this this morning. And this guy's idea was that the 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 prime line, if you will, like to the prize, like is is this focus on well-being, like my well-being and then your well-being, like like just as two words that people can relate to, like the word care is pretty straightforward for me does he care? Yeah, he cares or no, he doesn't, you know, like we, so that we're not lost in the language. Right. So that, um, but I'd be curious to hear what you thoughts on that. And the guy on our advisory goes, I got to think on that for a minute. And then he called me back. He's like, yeah, I think. And that's what you're talking about though. Personal responsibility. Well-being as a, an idea as something to strive toward and never arrive at, but something to consistently persistently be striving for as an idea. Be curious to hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think I love I love the idea idea of well-being. If I think about the championship teams and organizations that I've been on, I think it was everybody bringing the best version of themselves to the team and then the team was really good. Right. You know, so I think that is one of the most important things that I've kind of learned over the years in terms of, you know, well-being taking, you know, taking care of your fundamentals, you know, sleep, eating, moving you know if we're talking about if you know great leadership how are you taking care of yourself you know you talk about parents you know one of my mentors pointed this out he said you know parents always say that their kids mean the most important thing to them he was like there's no way that can mean that if they don't work out or take care of their bodies or else you because you would want to be around your kids as much as 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 much as possible as long as possible so i'm not
1: going to name the team i'm talking about but i'm sitting in a suite not that long ago at a stadium not that far from here. And 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 I looked at the, the general manager and I, I took a he was right next door to the where I was and I took a picture and I sent it. Actually Adrian was with me. I said it. Oh yes, she said <laughs> it. But I sent a picture to some folks and I go. And but Adrian is her belief is exactly what you're saying, Benny, which really makes me know we we gonna get wrong, Greg. Right? No but like is like is she's like a leader at that level they have to be in better shape
0: if they're not taking care of themselves how can they take care of the team
1: right right and, and and that's just that's just really really good wisdom if they aren't paying the price on themselves how are they going to expect the price to be paid and you talk about eli manning right how are they going to expect the price to be paid by everybody else in their organization right, and so that's just so good so even
0: go yeah yeah benny this has been awesome we so appreciate your time uh i'd like to ask one final question yeah if you had one thing you could share with our listeners what would it be
2: i usually have a couple i usually say the biggest room in the world is room for improvement and then one of my favorite quotes from abraham maslow is what one can be one must be so what you're capable of being is what you should be so Hmm. whatever you're trying to achieve go after it it's awesome beautiful yeah thanks benny we'll be in touch okay so to get
0: a hold yeah so to get a hold of you linkedin
2: yep linkedin or they can go to bennycoaching.com b-e-n-n-i-e coaching.com or just reach out to me connect with me on linkedin and we'll have a conversation and, and then go from there but i appreciate you guys for having me you guys have great spirits great energy and I look forward to connecting with you as as time goes on.
0: For sure, we'll come visit.
2: Awesome, <laughs> go Appreciate <great>. you guys. <laughs> go for See Thanks you guys later.